0: your Google search bar and type LinkedIn is and then read the 10 or so most popular drop-down options that appear on the topic of LinkedIn. That drop-down, by the way, is triggered by an algorithm of the hundreds of millions of searches which are conducted every month on the topic of LinkedIn. And guys, you'll be surprised that the top 10 drop-downs are all negative. For example, number one, LinkedIn is so fake, and LinkedIn is a waste of time, and LinkedIn is pointless, or LinkedIn is toxic, and LinkedIn is not Facebook, and then the next one takes totally the cake. LinkedIn is a circle jerk. I'm not kidding, it really says that, and the list goes on and on and on. Now, you might wonder why hundreds of millions of people actually use a LinkedIn And then currently, apparently, there is 800 million of them. And then you might also ask yourself why most people out there fail with LinkedIn. And then you might be keen to learn what you can do to change that. I have the answer to your LinkedIn dilemma. I'll tell you in the next 15 minutes what you need to do and don't do so you can get the job you deserve, find the clients who value your service And network and connect with people who want to connect with you and stay in touch with you on LinkedIn. So you might wonder, why do hundreds of millions of people use LinkedIn? Apparently, currently, nearly 800 million. And why you and most people out there, why do you fail with LinkedIn? And you might ask yourself... Why is all that negativity on there when you search for it? And you might be keen to learn what you can do to change that. I have the answers to your LinkedIn dilemma. I'll tell you in the next 15 minutes what you need to do and don't do so you can get the job you deserve, find the clients who value your service and network and connect with people who want to connect with you and stay in touch with you on LinkedIn. So hello, friends and fans, and welcome back to my latest podcast, wherever you are. I hope you're safe and in good spirit. And I'm pretty happy as I am counting the days until we're getting out of COVID-19 lockdown. And so today I thought I'll record another one. I'm Uli Shield, a.k.a. Mister Tick, And in today's pod, I'm going to talk about why so many people fail with LinkedIn and what you can do so you're not one of them. I use uh, LinkedIn daily. And if I'm honest, I too have my own beef with LinkedIn. For starters, it could really do well with a bit of an uplift in its look and feel and the user interface and all the rest. It's all a bit stuck in the 90s, in my view. It has also changed a number of its features for the better. And one of the new services on the platform is called LinkedIn Learning. It's In my view, it's a welcome new feature, but it too would benefit with a bit of branding, a bit of design lift, and a bit of a cleanup. The guys at LinkedIn acquired the content for that new service called LinkedIn Learning from a company called Lydia, and they haven't done much to it yet. I'm just saying. Look, I use LinkedIn because it works for me, because I've learned and mastered how to get the most out of it, and I actually enjoy my time on it. Mostly. But I'm also looking forward to that one true new alternative that is going to give LinkedIn some run for their money. There are already two competitors out there for quite some time. One is called Zing. Uh, They launched about 15 or so years ago. They're very popular in most German-speaking countries over in Europe, including countries like Russia and then over in Asia, in Japan and Korea. And uh, oh, I forgot to mention Spain and also Turkey. So they're they're quite big already with nearly 15 million members slash subscribers to the professional network. And then the second one, which is really interesting, is if you're into entrepreneurship and startups, it's called AngelList or AngelList.co. And it's really the platform, if you're into startups and entrepreneurship, it's the platform for you then. What I like, what I find really interesting about it is it has already over 40,000 recruiters and nearly 6 million users. So check it out. I think they're already a really good competition for LinkedIn, but not enough yet. So let's get started. Sit back and enjoy my podcast. Maybe take some notes and reflect onto your own situation as a job hunter, gig hustler, or whatever you do, freelancer, solo entrepreneur, and ask yourself, what is it that you want to get out of LinkedIn? And as always, if you like my podcast, subscribe to the channel. Subscribers get benefits and they stay ahead of the pack. So LinkedIn has really, really come alive for a lot of things, primarily for professional networkers, job hunters, sales guys, marketing and business development, especially in the last few years. But the point is, if you use it the wrong way, then LinkedIn won't work for you. Me and my guys, we provide a lot of strategy, consultancy and training for businesses with ambitious growth plans. And we provide a lot of training and coaching and guiding for job hunters and career changers because they want to learn how to dominate the conversation with their clients, with the recruiters and with the employers and not stand behind any longer. I do provide that training and I do provide that service because I know it works. There are some that tell me it's never worked for us or it never worked for me. But on closer inspection of their practices, I can see why they have arrived at that thought, why most people fail on LinkedIn. If you have listened to my podcast before, then you probably remember that I prefer to tell my clients what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And it's going to be a little bit like that when I talk about the things that I discover when I look at other people's LinkedIn profiles And when I give them advice, hints and tips, etc. And the first one that always pops up, and I don't know any other way to describe it, is, is the first thing that comes to my mind is I go, oh, my God, your profile sucks. Guys, if you're looking to convince recruiters or employers or potential clients to win business, people don't care about what letters go after your name. They don't care about your degree or your schooling, not really that much. Unless, of course, you're a scientist, uh, but that's not what I'm talking about. People who visit your profile want to know if you seem like a decent human being. Uh, Do I trust you? Do I like you? Do you seem credible and relatable? That's what uh, people look for. Uh, An incomplete profile, so for example, no profile header, just a job title in your headline and no company page, that doesn't really inspire confidence in my view. Oh, and the the, the big one, which is a no-no, never use your company logo as a replacement for your profile picture. A phone pic of yourself is actually enough. You don't need to go for a photo shoot. Again, that's another one. Not having a profile picture also doesn't inspire much trust. Okay, and here's the next one that I observe quite a lot. A lot of people are actually behaving really bad. They're actually not behaving like humans one of the big issues i have with our digital age is that social media and especially linkedin at times has allowed a lot of people to forget about being uh, nice being uh, human at times you know you you see this all the time people being rude or trolling people over a difference of opinion and, and then they wonder why it's not working for them. How does this play out on LinkedIn? Well, obviously, um, they think the hard sell uh, is the way to go. Well, I think the hard sell is still not acceptable. I think and I know sending war and peace in mails is not the way to go. A lot of people out there still believe that rapport doesn't matter. But that thinking is actually totally wrong. That thinking just doesn't work. People connect with people. People hire people. People buy from people, especially on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a professional network. It's a job hunting or a job service platform, and it's a sales and development platform. And all of that is a bit like dating. So pardon to be so casual, but if you're hunting, you can get a one night stand. But what all of us want, whether we're job hunting or uh, hunting for clients or gigs, we want long term relationships and that takes time. And the bigger the value, so the bigger the job opportunity or the bigger the gig client or the freelancer client or even the sales client, the bigger the opportunity, the bigger the sale. The sale value, the more rapport you need to build. That's how it works. So please, if you connect with someone, don't try and close them before they even remember your name. Okay, now the next one. You think LinkedIn is not Facebook. I actually always have to laugh a little bit at it. And sometimes I even get a little bit annoyed at these comments. Guys, it's almost 30 years old. LinkedIn is a professional social network and then everything else. Job portal, uh, sales platform, and so on. And if people want to post different content than what you think is right, just get over yourself. If I were to post cat videos every day and you don't like it, you can remove the connection or block me. Complaining within someone's comments especially on LinkedIn, only tells your own network you're a bit of, you know, something. If someone wants to be a funny guy all the time, just let them. They serve a purpose of cheering up people in dead-end jobs who are avoiding doing any work by pretending to prospect on LinkedIn or whatever, or networking. Harking back to the point before, I have never been in a business meeting where there has never been humor. Funny stories or idle chit-chat is a good thing. It's part of the process. And LinkedIn is no different. Humans find things interesting, whether it is work-related or not. That doesn't mean abandoning professionalism. However, it just means be yourself. And when clients ask me what I really mean... What I like to use is the term which is great for all aspects of life. I say informal, but never familiar. And what I mean to say with that is being on LinkedIn is a balance. If you are sharing knowledge and insight, great. But if you don't share the other part of you, your humanity and being relatable, so that's called relatability, then you lose out to someone less experienced than you because that other someone was more at ease with the other thing. I have seen cat videos on LinkedIn attract CEOs. I'm not kidding you. And I have seen great insight pieces packed with knowledge that get seen by no one. What you need to do is to balance. And the way I like to describe the formula that I always tell my clients about is give two before you ask one back. And that is offer things that really relate to your clients. So I'm not talking about the typical Facebook likes. I'm talking about share content, give comments, share what you have to say, And occasionally uh, like something, but it's more about providing your own content and sharing other people's content and commenting on it. That's called give to before you ask one back. What you really need is you need to balance. The next one is you're creating doubt in your readers and in your buyers. So if you're a job hunter the people who are doubting what you're reading is employers and recruiters. And if you're selling a service as a giga hustler or freelancer or solo entrepreneurs, you're potentially creating doubt in your buyers. And I'm going to explain to you what I mean with that. So let's face it, for most part, most of us are actually good at smelling a rat. Sometimes just, you know, gut feeling or instinct or we just can't put it into words. And if you're familiar with Facebook, you actually see it a lot. And then you ask yourself, please only put claims on here that you know are actually true. And like I said it before, certain claims can only be made if you can provide evidence to them. And evidence is also referred to as substantiated information, facts, figures, numbers. So, for example, you might read in a LinkedIn headline right next to the name expert thought leader. And that is what other people say about you, not what you call yourself. So the point is you need to be able to back it up. Let me give you another example. For example, look at the 30-day money-back guarantee game that you see everywhere. These are dished out frequently by so-called specialists or gurus in their products and fields. And why? Because they want to tip people over into a sale who has actually doubts. A fundamental of any kind of pitch, whether it's for a job or a client marketing or any kind of sales process is you have to build trust. And trust is not given by statements. It's given through actual interaction, experience, evidence, things I can find on your LinkedIn profile. And that's what I referred to earlier. Give two before you ask one back, because then people actually have statements about you on your LinkedIn profile. You can't say anything to show your expert status. You have to show it. And that's what LinkedIn is about. It's not about saying it. You have to prove it. So I recommend that you go out there, give two, give lots of twos before you ask one back. Because you shouldn't claim things without having obvious ways to back it up. Testimonials, recommendations, and so on. They back up expertise, but you know it. You need a ton of them to evidence you as an expert, as a thought leader, as someone suitable in your role, as the right gig hustler, as the correct freelancer or solo entrepreneur. You are fishing in a crappy pond Most people have 400 to 1,000 connections. I know it because I look at hundreds of LinkedIn profiles every year. And most of them are being former colleagues and clients. So if you're one of them, your network comprises of people that probably know you quite well. LinkedIn has rules like any business. Don't connect with people you don't know, but also sells packages like the sales navigator to help you find people you don't know who might be ideal customers. So do you connect with people you don't know and risk LinkedIn jail or stay with your small network? Guys, it's both. Get to know people on LinkedIn who you don't already know and get people to notice and know you and then connect. Of course, if you go nuts, you may get jailed by LinkedIn, which you do not want. LinkedIn jail is kind of a lonely place because once you're out of LinkedIn, you're out of LinkedIn. Now, the next one is particularly for our friends, the job hunters out there. I see it all the time. You're hooked on LinkedIn and you're taking every LinkedIn bait. And the one that I find really particularly super baity is the hashtag open to work on LinkedIn. It's actually working against you guys. Ever since LinkedIn launched that weird thingy, I see so many job seekers uh, using this weird photo frame. And I actually don't I can't stay silent about this any longer, guys. Don't use hashtag# open to network photo frame or mention you're seeking new opportunities in your headline. It's just a silly, silly thing to do it's It's really silly to think that telling a recruiter or a company that you're open to work on your profile photo gives you a better chance or a better advantage over other job seekers. in fact. What it does is it commoditizes you. Especially right now, during uh, post-COVID-19 times, with record unemployment around the world, the last thing you want to do is look like everyone else who is looking for work or who is eventually unemployed, looking for gigs or clients. If you're adopting this bizarre photo frame, you're basically saying, I'm like everyone else. Oh, and before I forget it, companies are not charities. Just because you need to work, that doesn't mean they need you. And so if you put this thing up, that leads to my second and more important concept about the whole part that people really miss is a job search is not about Who is the job search about? Well, the company, they are hiring to solve one of their business problems. And to get hired, you have to prove yourself to be the solution. So using this bizarre uh, open-to-work photo frame thingy is working against you. My colleagues and I discuss this thing almost every day. You can be open to work on LinkedIn without that green photo thingy frame You can use settings in your profile to make sure that the recruiters can see what positions you're looking for, because the recruiters on LinkedIn, they use the LinkedIn premium accounts and the LinkedIn ATS settings without having to look at your photo frame. But if you really insist that you need to use that photo frame, if you think it's the hottest thing since sliced bread, then think about this. It's visible to everyone. And at first thought, that might seem like a good idea to you, but what it actually says and what it actually does is a very unintended effect. It, it says, yes, you're open to work, but you're subconsciously saying you're only focused on yourself, you're actually desperate for a job and you're available. And what you're actually saying is you're too available, Now, let me break this down for you in a very simple recruiter mindset. Recruiters know that job hunters go through three stages. The first stage is called the honeymoon. So that's the first couple of days when you start looking. You focus on a couple of jobs. Then the next category, uh, I call it that way, is the high activity mode, the ham. So your output is 20, 30, 50 applications. And the next stage is the stage between the high activity mode and the stress mode. And that's when that weird photo frame comes in. And that's the stress mode when you put that thing up there and you're saying, I'm desperate for a job. Guys, don't do that. So in other words, who are the most attractive job hunters? The guys who have just recently started looking for a job or who are still in a job or who appear like they're in a job not people who are desperate. Remember, people, as in recruiters and employers, want what they can't have. Things that are scars are often much more attractive than things that look desperate to available. Oh, and before I forget it while we're at it, let's talk about that description right underneath it, your LinkedIn headline. What should you actually write in your LinkedIn headline? If you have hashtag open to work or uh, in brackets seeking new opportunities in your headline, please remove that. Change it immediately. Your headline is searchable and whatever you put in your headline will cause you to show up in searches for those keywords. Your headline is free real estate for your personal branding. And that is not personal branding. It needs to be optimized with keywords aligned to the role, to the industry, to the type of company that you want to attract. And that's what I refer to in many of my podcasts, the correlation to your search field, to your search terms. Having open to work or seeking new opportunities in your headline is the equivalent of searching that into a job board like Seek or Monster and then expecting it to show you relevant jobs. That's just plain silly. So how do you say you're looking for jobs or clients on LinkedIn? You might be asking, well, Uli, if I don't put it in my picture or in my headline, how do I tell employers, recruiters, or future clients that I am open to work. Well, for starters, you can download a cheat sheet that I have created called my LinkedIn settings below, but before we get to that point, I want you to first ask yourself how you're using LinkedIn. The last and the biggest reason why you and so many people fail with LinkedIn is... You're just not consistent. So imagine this, you're the sales guy who hunts for clients once a month. And guess what? He gets fired. If you want to find job opportunities or catch new clients and business or get gigs daily, then you need to be on it and hunt on it daily. It's the same offline as online. It can be hard work, but It's definitely worth it. If you want to be noticed and if you want to secure job interviews or make the sale for a new gig or freelancing clients, then that's what you need to do. And job hunting or prospecting or gig hustling for new clients or freelance clients can take many forms. Same thing for job hunting. It's not just about a cool profile or a cool sales pitch. So in the context of LinkedIn, this is how it works. Most people have connections who are people you may vaguely know. With LinkedIn, however, you should be turning your connections into contacts and into clients. And I've said this many times in my vlogs and podcasts and many of my blogs. It's not who you know, it's who wants to know you. So you need to turn your connections into your biggest job hunting and into your biggest gig hunting or freelancing or marketing potential. And so if all you just want to do is play at it, if all you want is just to have a LinkedIn profile, well, then it's cool. Then just don't be consistent. But if your LinkedIn is there for you to work out for you, if you want it to pay, then you have to have a plan and you need to be consistent. Otherwise, guys, simple as that, LinkedIn won't work for you and you will be one of the many people who fail on LinkedIn. How are you finding it? Does all of this resonate with you? If it does, and if you like my insights and tips in this podcast, share it with a friend or a fellow job hunter or gig hustler. There are lots of helpful pods on similar topics in my channel. You probably worked it out. I love and enjoy the recording of my free tutorials or walkthroughs or call it what you want. So stay tuned, subscribe to my channel and grab your weekly dose of career insights and tips in some of my regular specials every Thursday, either here in the pod channel or on YouTube. Okay, we're almost there. Stay with me. The last thing we need to do now is to jot down a list of checkpoints for your own LinkedIn profile so you can stand out, you can connect, grab gigs or freelancing clients or simply get the job that you deserve. Okay, remember, number one mistake, not using a LinkedIn profile picture. One of the biggest mistakes I can see is no photo. You're seven times more likely to have your profile viewed if you have one. Enough said. Next one putting up the wrong picture no dog no husband no babies no sunglasses no jet ski that's what you shouldn't do oh another another common blunder Mispresenting your appearance is really a bad one. I see a lot of older people who are worried about things like age discrimination. So they use photos of themselves in their late 30s or early 40s, and that's just not right because the moment you walk in for the interview, you're basically ruining it. So don't do that. Next bad boy, skipping the status. I touched on that in my last point, and that's basically around consistency. Update your status, have something to say, share and like. That's what you need to do on LinkedIn. Next bad one is using the default connection request. I wish that button didn't exist. Really... Don't use the standard connection request. There are so many people out there who think that LinkedIn is a bit like Twitter, where it's about quantity over quality. And so they're constantly going, connect, 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 you know, just don't do that. That's really, really bad. It's bad form. And if you're reaching out to someone you've never met, make sure that you write a proper message. Don't just use what's in the default connection request, because I'm guaranteed not going to message back to you if all I'm getting is a default message. Okay, and the next really naughty one is check out your LinkedIn profile, look in the top right corner. If you're one of those guys who has double digit or more invitations to connect, well, you're inconsistent, you're going to fail on LinkedIn. If you have a high amount of outstanding connection requests on your LinkedIn profile, it can mean a few things. Either you're never on LinkedIn, which is why it's not working for you, or you have not bothered to go through the requests. If you're invited to connect by someone and you don't know who they are and you're not comfortable connecting, all you have to do is write them a nice message and ask about the why, why they want to connect, and then make your decision. But don't leave them hanging. It's just simply unprofessional. Okay, and here's the one that's really seriously upsetting people. It's people or LinkedIn user neglecting the privacy settings. So many people out there don't realize that LinkedIn has a privacy setting and it's there for a reason. When you're out there looking for a new job and you're actively engaged in your current job, you don't want to be discovered. What you want is you want to be discreet, hence privacy settings. Uh, A typical telltale sign to any employer out there that you're leaving is that you overhaul your profile, you connect with recruiters, and you have an influx of new people that you're connecting to. You can tailor your settings so that your boss doesn't see that you're looking for opportunities, hence, privacy settings. The privacy settings are there for a reason they're easy to find just sign in select the settings and from the drop down menu where your name appears in the I think it's in the upper right corner do and take the time to go through every single setting don't treat privacy settings like terms and conditions I'm just kidding Okay guys the next one is really bad It's it's the most common one, and it's the one that probably hurts you the most. Skipping the summary. Once upon a time, people were encouraged to write about their career in an, it always makes me cringe, in a career objective summary on their resume. That's, by the way, that's super 90s. It's totally gone out of fashion, and it makes you look like you're an apprentice. Please don't do that on LinkedIn. Look at it this way. You're writing online, so you actually have more space and you have much more to say, but not more in terms of words. You have more to say than you would on a traditional paper resume. Think of that summary in LinkedIn as a way of selling yourself. So it's an opportunity to express your voice and, more importantly, your personality. And the formula that I always tell my clients when they ask me, so how should I do my summary is very simple write it down first. Uh, If it has too many words, try to uh, condense it by 50% and then do it again one last time. It shouldn't exceed three sentences. And they essentially come down to the following formula. Who are you? What are you? Why are you here? And which top three problems can you solve? Always remember, you're competing with not just hundreds or thousands, you're competing with 10,000 or hundred thousands of people who are competing for the same type of jobs or categories with similar educations and qualifications, especially now during and post-COVID. So filling out the summary can actually give you an edge with a prospective employer or a gig-hustling client or a freelancing client. Okay, and here's the last one on the checklist. I call it lurking, or for better words, loitering. So many people out there think that just having a profile is enough. But here's the thing. Employers or clients won't simply stumble across your profile and be totally struck by your brilliance and offer you a job on the spot. That's just not how it works. Like anything, you have to work for it. And that's what I described earlier as the give to before you ask one back. I always recommend to every one of my clients to join groups related to your field or maybe even your personal interest. And I always recommend that you follow companies and keep an eye on who's coming and who's going. And when you see someone leave a company, you should try to connect with them or uh, watch what they're doing and comment on what they have to say simply because it's the perfect opportunity to reach out to the people in that company because they have a hole to fill and that's where you come in. So give two before you ask one back. That's how people are aware of you, not through lurking or loitering. Oops, I uh, have to admit, I actually forgot one. It's called the stalking, the LinkedIn stalking. So that's the one when you connect with people and immediately forward a generic offer to them. This is one of my biggest pet peeves. You know the situation when you receive an invitation to connect and you accept, you hit the accept button. And then a few minutes later, you receive a lengthy message from that new connection telling you why you should engage with their service or buy their product and you receive these weird uh, offers i really don't feel special when you do that that is so bad if you use linkedin solely to post sales promotions and to pitch for yourself then linkedin will not work for you and then you'll be one of the many people who fail on linkedin it's not that hard if you think about it guys try it i hope you enjoyed the podcast the summary and the conclusion is pretty simple don't have a profile that is boring number one number two utilize all the linkedin properties number three don't use that silly open to work button. Number four, be consistent. And last but not least, ensure to sanity check that you don't have any of those slip ups in your LinkedIn profile. Use the checklist I just gave you in the last three minutes. Join me again every Thursday here on my Tech podcast or my Tech YouTube channel and grab your dose of weekly career advice if you're actively looking for a new job or if you're hunting for new clients or gigs make sure to hunt wisely and remember to tick all the right boxes